0: Welcome to the Converge 21 podcast preview series. What is Converge 21? Converge is a community of forward-looking ethics and compliance practitioners and leaders. And Converge 21 is where we gather and connect. You're invited to groundbreaking keynotes, fireside chats with CECOs from the world's most impactful companies and practical workshops that will empower you to move the needle within your organization. The goal of Converge 21 is to explore emerging trends, topics, and tools that enable you to manage better ethics and compliance and drive value and impact to your overall company strategy. You will leave this conference with new resources, best practices, and actionable ideas that can put you and your compliance practice at the next level. Most importantly will be the engagement. You'll have the opportunity to engage virtually With compliance practitioners literally across the globe this is one of the top compliance events annually and converge 20 was a great success i hope you will join me in attending converge 21 we'll link to the registration and information in the show notes to this podcast this episode i visit with wendy badger tenant company cco and we visit about her panel on whistleblowing programs that foster speak-up culture. This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back with another preview from one of our speakers for Converge 21. Today I have with me Wendy Badger. Um, She is on a panel to discuss whistleblower programs that foster a speak-up culture. Wendy, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Tom. It's my pleasure to be here. And if I can have just a personal fangirl moment, it's kind of been a personal and professional goal to get on one of your podcasts. So (laughs) I'm very excited to be here. Well,
0: we'll need to talk at length later then. Um, Wendy, could you tell us your current role?
1: I am the Global Compliance Counsel for a Tenant Company, which is based in Minneapolis, just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota.
0: And uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, you were speaking on whistleblower programs that foster a speak-up culture. Could you give us a, a little preview of what your remarks on that panel would be?
1: Yeah, so I'm very excited to be participating on this panel. We've got three what I think are just extraordinary presenters and just an incomparable moderator. So I'll be speaking with Mary Inman, who's a partner and head of international whistleblower practice at Constantine Cannon in London. And Kelly Spencer, who's the Chief Risk and Compliance Officer at Heartland Alliance. I'm really excited to be partnering with these um, two extraordinary women on this panel. What we're going to talk about is that having a speak up culture really might not be enough. And and what you really need is more of a listen up culture, because folks are not going to speak up if nobody's listening. So we're going to not just talk about what you need to do to foster and encourage that. But one thing that I find that's often missing in presentations and panel discussions is the how. They tell you what to do, but not how to do it. So that's what I think we're going to bring to this panel, is really talking about what are those steps that encourage a speak-up culture? What's worked? What hasn't worked? And how we can do that? How do you overcome really the three primary barriers to speaking up, which are, you know, fear of actual or perceived retaliation, that if I speak up, nothing will happen, nobody's listening, nothing changes, and three, that not everybody is treated the same when they speak up. So I think we're going to get into um, some anti-retaliation aspects as well and really talking about how you foster that, because let's be honest, people really don't come knocking on my door to find out how am I encouraging a speak up or listen up culture, but they're wondering, they're thinking about it. It's how they, they kind of feel about it. So they are wondering, how do we proactively communicate that? And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about, how we can be proactive about that, and, and really what we need to do to be able to foster that with tangible, demonstrable actions that are not just words, but aligned to our values and doing what's right.
0: Wendy, well, that sounds like an incredibly powerful presentation. And uh, more importantly, as you suggested, it's the how to do it. And literally from the shoproom floor or the uh, newbie employee up through middle management and all the way to senior management and perhaps even the board as well. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, Tom, that's absolutely accurate. And when you think about it, you know, the approach, the values and the underlying themes don't change. But your approach might, exactly to your point, in my organization, we're a manufacturing organization. So my outreach to those employees is going to be different than what I do with, you know, corporate employees or the sales folks. And, and so that it resonates with them. And kind of taking a step back from that, too, as we think about that employees are generally three times more likely to go to human resources with their issues or concerns of you know, ethics types of things than they are to come to an ethics hotline. And they're six to eight times more likely to go to a manager who they trust. The ethics hotline gets what's left. So once they come to us through any t- whatever you call your speak up line, your ethics hotline, your your reporting line, we get what's left. What's left, if and only if we've generated that trust, and they kind of feel like they don't have any place else to go. So put your, I try and put myself in that end user's position. You know, imagine if you're an employee and you tried to go to your manager or HR first and what that reaction was, or if they ignored you or they didn't know how to handle things too. So that's part of creating that, that message and like you mentioned, kind of tailoring it to those different audiences so that they're not getting separate messages from separate areas and that, that it really is woven throughout the culture of the organization because I can't do this work alone. So if somebody goes to their manager and the manager doesn't know what to do with it, that's not really going to to encourage someone to speak up going going forward. And then they talk to their friends and then they talk to two friends and so on and so on. So, you know, then that messaging gets out that this maybe isn't a safe or a soft place to land. And that's another part of of what we're going to incorporate into this.
0: Wendy, we focused on uh, speak up, listen up around compliance and ethics. But do you find those same strategies can work for topics outside compliance and ethics so that if an employee has an idea to make something safer, to make something more efficient? If you have a speak up, listen up culture, they're more willing to to raise manufacturing issues, for instance, or safety issues or uh, efficiency issues that can actually make your company better and more efficient.
1: Absolutely. And and I've seen that happen in um, prior organizations that I was with, you know, as you continue to foster that and let it be known that it's okay to ask questions. And more than that, it's okay to not have the answers. It's the what happens after that, you know, I don't know that answer, but let me find out. But let's go talk to somebody else who might know that answer the more we can foster that and encourage that it really all comes down to communication and and that we're engaging in those discussions and and asking hard questions and and the reaction to that then makes a big difference you know if somebody is quickly shut down or thinks that you know other people might be having those questions too and just aren't and just are afraid to, to speak up because they don't want to feel like they're the only one who doesn't know that answer. So I really see that that does foster things beyond the ethics and compliance space, especially when you think about, you know, in a manufacturing space, if you're thinking, gosh, I just don't know that that's going to work, or why would we do it that way? This way might be more efficient, but you Maybe you're new to the organization, and so you don't know how things have been done, and you don't know if that would be welcome. The more you see people doing that at all levels of the organization, the more it starts to foster that, that, that it's okay to ask those questions, because we're not here to point fingers. We're not here to, to figure out who screwed up. We're, figured out, we're here to figure out how can we stop the bleeding, how can we fix it, and how can we make it better going forward, and it'll be even better next time if... Um, So I think that those kinds of conversations, frankly, need to be happening across the board. If they're only coming from an ethics and compliance perspective, that's not really fostering that type of a value throughout the organization. So we can certainly help to champion it within ethics and compliance, but it can't be a siloed standalone approach.
0: We've got just a few minutes left, but I wanted to end our uh, conversation by asking you, what are you looking forward to in attending this year's Conversant by one Trust Converge 21 virtual event?
1: Um, thanks for that question, Tom. You know, I love this event. Of all the virtual conferences I've attended in the last year and a half or so, um, I find Conversant's Converge conference to be one of the best. It's the most engaging, I think, for the attendees, the way the panelists engage with the attendees, as well as other attendees engaging through the chat function. And last year's um, Converge 20, I created some really amazing connections with people who are in a similar position to me. Um, And and we've continued those connections. And we've never met in person. A couple of them I've talked to on the phone, but it's, it's largely been virtual type of meetings. And so those connections are really great. The other thing that I really like about the Converge sessions is that there's always a follow-on discussion on their platform. You know, they, they have threads of each of the discussions where you can continue to engage with either the presenters or the other attendees, because why reinvent the wheel, frankly, when you can copy and steal? There's generally, I find, not a problem that I have faced in any organization that someone else hasn't tried to approach and solve through their organization. And by creating those connections, I'm able to say, hey, how did you work through this in your organization? And see how that might work for mine. Sometimes it's not always. There's not only one right answer to any question, except maybe two plus two equals four. But, you know, things like that, that how can I then tailor that to my organization and learn from what other people have done so that I don't have to struggle quite as long in in my ways. And I found that everybody who attends the Converge sessions and and conference are just so willing to help. And For me as an introvert, to know that that's a safe place to go and ask questions makes that outreach that much easier when for me, that's not always an easy thing to do.
0: Wendy, uh, thanks so much. I, for one, am greatly looking forward to your presentation. So I look forward to seeing you at Converge 21.
1: Thanks for your time, Tom. This has been great. I look forward to it.
0: Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox again. I hope you will join me at Converge 21. We're going to link to the information and registration page in the show notes. It's going to be a great conference, literally one of the best annually going forward.